chapter nine of five mice in a mouse trap by the man in the moon this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. five mice in a mouse trap by the man in the moon by laura e richards a picnic one bright morning at about eleven o'clock i tipped my glass in the direction of the mouse trap it had been tipped in a very different direction for i had been watching a buffalo hunt on the prairies that is an exciting sport and one that i should like to join in if i were a few thousand years younger here at the mouse trap however there was an excitement of quite another sort all the five mice were hurrying about evidently very busy the carriage stood at the door and uncle jack was packing all sorts of things into it nibble brought one big basket and puff brought another and both were stowed away under the seat bright eyes came down the steps very carefully carrying something in a pitcher with a napkin tied over the top and that too was stowed away as for fluff and downy they were running round and round the house as fast as they could shouting picnic picnic going to a picnic oh jolly kaloo jolly kaloo aha i said to my dog the mice are going to have a picnic let us watch now and see where they go and then we shall have all the fun of it and none of the trouble so we watched and saw them all get into the carriage except nibble who stood on the steps with his hands in his pockets evidently waiting for something the something soon proved to be jose the brown donkey whom thomas now led up the path looking very gay with his mexican saddle and scarlet tassels nibble mounted him nimbly and took the reins and the whip thank you tomty he said and good-bye i wish you were going to the picnic tomty thank you kindly sir replied tomty the hens and me will be having a picnic in the barnyard master nibble i'm thinking now uncle jack i am ready cried the young horseman i will lead the way and you can follow thank you said uncle jack who was holding in the spirited horses with some difficulty you are extremely kind i am sure get up jose cried nibble hi go on sir but jose was not inclined to go on he shook his head and pointed his long ears backward and forward but not a step would he stir for entreaties threats or blows then tomty slyly took a sharp pointed stake and poked master jose from behind ah that was another matter up went his heels in the air and off he went at full gallop while all the occupants of the carriage shouted with laughter as they saw donkey and rider dash along the avenue and finally vanish in a cloud of dust come pollux come castor said uncle jack it would never do for the donkey to get to the glen before us castor and pollux thought so too for they tossed their heads and quickened their pace to a fast trot though they were too far well behaved to think of breaking into a gallop oh isn't it nice to go so fastly exclaimed fluffy giving downy a hug 
just like queens in their chariots see those two little tiny children downy they are smaller as you and perhaps they think we are queens only we haven't any crowns but we might have left our crowns at home for fear of robbers yef robbers said downy with a knowing nod no i don't think we will be queens said bright eyes let us be wild beasts in a caravan going to the menagerie and then we can sing the menagerie song oh yes yes cried all the others and then they sang the following song each singing a verse in turn and then imitating the voice of the creature she represented while the other verses were sung it was a lively game you may believe the tiger is a terrible beast he lives in jungles of the east on bad little boys he loves to feast oh fiddle-dee diddle-dee dido the lion he doth rage and roar and when he hits you with his paw you never are troubled with nothing no more oh fiddle-dee diddle-dee dido the buffalo doth proudly prance whenever the hunters will give him a chance and over the prairie he leads them a dance oh fiddle-dee diddle-dee dido the crocodile doth open his jaws like great big ugly tusky doors and gobbles you up without a pause oh fiddle-dee diddle-dee dido by the time the last verse was finished the four mice were howling and roaring in a manner frightful to hear and uncle jack's patience finally gave way children he said turning round i cannot possibly endure this be quiet at once or i will drive you to the lunatic asylum and leave you there see the people are all coming out of their houses to stare at you so indeed they were and one little girl who stood with her mother at a cottage gate staring with might and main cried them's all mad meant them mother no little girl said puff with great dignity we are wild beasts going to a menagerie and the carriage rolled away leaving the child not much the wiser now they turned into a lovely wood road when the trees bent down over the carriage and whispered in the mice's ears but the mice did not understand as usual they only rubbed their ears and said the leaves tickled them uncle jack stopped the horses and told the mice to tumble out which they did speedily one took a basket and another a bottle and all went trotting down the mossy path that led to the lovely glen while uncle jack stayed to unharness the horses and then followed with the biggity wiggity basket as downy called it indeed it was a pretty sight to see those little creatures playing about like so many fairies in that lovely green place you should have seen the little flower spirits start up to look at them as they frisked about among the trees little primrose threw kisses to them and violet offered them a dewdrop in her deepest purple cup but the merry mice thought nothing of the flower spirits and neither saw nor heard them oh the brook the lovely brook cried bright eyes we must take off our shoes and stockings and wade in it mayn't we uncle jack uncle jack nodded and off went four pairs of shoes and four pairs of scarlet stockings oh the little white feet how pretty they looked shining through the clear water that looked so brown in the still pools and sparkled so white over the rocks and the tiny rapids 
that was fine sport certainly fluff fell in of course but nobody seemed to mind it much and fluff herself least of all for it was a very warm day and mrs posset was not there to lament the ruination of her white frock suddenly bright eyes exclaimed but where is nibble sure enough where was the famous horseman nobody had seen him since he had galloped away up the avenue oh dear sighed fluff perhaps he played wild beast and somebody took him and put him in the lunatic asylum do you think anybody did uncle jack i don't think he would be likely to play wild beast all alone my fear is that jose may have been playing and but see and he added looking back towards the path by which they had entered the glen here comes the young man himself so now we shall know all about it nimble came down the path slowly looking very serious his clothes were covered with dust his hat was battered out of all shape but he carried his whip under his arm instead of snapping it gaily as he had done when he started jose was not to be seen well nibble my boy what has happened asked uncle jack cheerily has jose been rolling with you again yes uncle answered nibble as he drew near and threw himself on the mossy bank where his uncle was seated he is the worst donkey i ever saw he wanted some thistles in the hedge and i wouldn't let him eat them of course so then he kicked and reared but he couldn't get me off that way and i whipped him a good bit but then he lay down and rolled and then i couldn't stay on you see i see said uncle jack you were certainly justified in getting off and then jose went home i suppose well yes i suppose he did said nibble reluctantly and i have walked a long way uncle and i want my dinner bless me cried uncle jack dinner already well come out of the water you little nixes and let us see about our grand feast patter patter came all the little white feet over the mossy stones and over the green turf and i could not tell whether they looked prettier in the water or out of it there was a rush for the baskets and their contents were tumbled out pell-mell on the grass forks spoons tarts sandwiches lemons followed each other in rapid succession now this will never do said uncle jack too many cooks spoil the broth as we know and we must not spoil our feast nibble do you go and gather brush and make a fire hap and hazard shall pick some flowers to make wreaths and posies and bright eyes shall help me to set the table and what fell i do asked little downy piteously i muff do fumping so you shall downy said uncle jack you shall chase all the butterflies away so that they will not eat up the tarts now every one was happy and busy the twenties wandered off into the meadow near by filling their aprons with posies and chatting merrily with little snatches of song mingling with their pretty talk it was pleasant to hear their sweet voices singing daisy white and daisy bright and daisy is my heart's delight i'll twine you now in my true love's hair and tell me who is the fairest fair violet blue and violet true and violet filled with diamond dew i'll give you now to my true love here and tell me who is the dearest dear meanwhile great things were accomplished in the glen a snowy cloth was spread on the emerald turf and on it were arrayed all the good things in dishes and plates 
which had been lately hanging on the great sycamore tree under which the feast was spread nothing like leaves for picnic plates said uncle jack now then bright eyes hand out that chicken pie so now for the strawberries and the sponge cake ha this certainly does make one hungry indeed it did as i felt the pangs of hunger merely from seeing all the good things in my mirror go good dog i said to my faithful companion and bring me some ice cream from mount vanilla and dip the ladle into that syllabub cloud that is drifting by for it will make a pleasant addition departed on his errand and i turned again to watch the picnic the kettle was boiling by this time over nibble's brush fire and he was calling for the coffee-pot when suddenly a shrill scream was heard from the meadow and downy's voice cried fombody come oh oh i'm killed bright eyes ran to the rescue and found the little man gazing in terror at a very innocent-looking white cow who was quietly grazing in the meadow he ran to his sister and clung to her crying dat cow looked at me i'm killed bright eyes took his hand and ran back laughing here is a boy who has been killed by a cow's looking at him she said and he wants a sandwich all was ready now the twins were called and came back laden with flowers nibble came with his coffee-pot and the grand feast began in earnest dear dear how good everything looked chicken pie and smoked tongue and sandwiches and chocolate custard in a pitcher and everything else that you can think of i never have chicken pie up here because there are no chickens but i think it must be very nice and it was very evident that the mice thought so uncle jack carved and helped and everybody ate and drank and chattered merrily my brother's son smiled at them and sent millions of sunbeams twinkling and sparkling over the grass and dancing on the ripples of the brook and when they were too warm hosts of merry winds came flying and fanned them and kissed them among them were the seven little fellows who had blown nimble and bright eyes to china and they whispered dear little heavy ones will you take another flying trip with us but the children did not hear nor heed them so nothing further was said when the feast was over there was a grand washing of spoons and forks and a putting away of what was good and throwing away of what was bad then came blind man's buff and hide and seek and all manner of games and then more paddling and tumbling in the brook splashing and dashing for all the world like the forty little ducklings uncle jack said oh tell us about the little ducklings cried all the mice and they climbed up the bank and sat down in a circle round their uncle holding up their wet feet to dry in the sun about the ducklings eh said uncle jack well let me see if i can remember the forty little ducklings who lived up at the farm they said unto each other oh the day is very warm they said unto each other oh the river's very cool the duck who did not seek it now would surely be a fool the forty little ducklings they started down the road and waddle 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 was the gate at which they goed the same it is not grammar you may change it if you choose but one cannot stop for trifles when inspired by the muse they waddled and they waddled and they waddled on and on till one remarked oh dearie me where is the river gone we asked the ancient gander and he said twas very near 
he must have been deceiving us or else himself i fear they waddled and they waddled till no further they could go then down upon a mossy bank they set them in a row they took their little handkerchiefs and wept a little weep and then they put away their heads and then they went to sleep there came along a farmer with a basket on his arm and all those little ducklings he took back to the farm he put them in their little beds and wished them sweet repose and fastened mustard plasters on their little webby toes next day those little ducklings were very very ill their mother sent for dr quack who gave them each a pill but soon as they recovered the first thing that they did was to peck the ancient gander till he ran away and hid there said uncle jack weren't they funny ducklings yes said puff is it true uncle part of it is replied uncle jack it is true about the ducklings running away and about the farmers finding them i know the farmer his name is mr thomas burnham and a very good farmer he is but i did not see him put the mustard plasters on their feet so i cannot tell about that then tell us something else please cried bright eyes no no said uncle jack it is six o'clock you bad children once upon a time there were five little mice and it was time for them to go home that is the only story i can tell you now well to be sure it did seem a shame to go home just when everything was so lovely but downy was beginning to rub his eyes as if my friend the sandman had been blowing into them and the shadows were lengthening and brother sun was beginning to call his beams home so the mice bade farewell to the lovely glen and the merry brook and trotted up the mossy path as cheerfully if not as quickly as they had trotted down it harum scarum and fly away my mice certainly are but they are almost always cheerful and obedient and that is a great thing primrose and violet and the rest looked after them and said god bless their merry hearts then they curled down under their leaves and went to sleep for it was high time the brook sang its sweetest good-bye song as it hurried away toward the sea to tell the gossiping waves what a delightful afternoon it had passed and as if in answer to the song i heard puff and fluff sing merrily as the carriage rolled away rosebud fine and rosebud mine and rosebud red as the ruby wine i'll lay you now at my true love's feet and tell me who is the sweetest sweet End of chapter 9